Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashat Toldot. It's the parasha in which Rivka and Itzhak have their twin sons, Esav and Yaakov. And it's a very, very interesting parasha in every sense. Today I'm going to be focusing on the, um, on the Torah or Likotei Torah, the Sihas from the Rebbes. And uh, today's Siha uh, talks about what's the purpose of uh, learning Torah. Here it tells Torah HaHasidim. And the Tzemak Zedek uh, used to say, um, he asked his grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, who was the, the Rabbi Shneur Salman of Yadi, the author of the Tanya, he asked him what is the purpose of learning Torah, and the Alter Rebbe answered, that it was to change the nature of one's methods, of one's character traits. So as I've explained before, every person comes into this world with a soul. We have a godly soul and an animal soul. We have both. And each one of these souls has uh, different characteristics. The animal soul is more materialistic, it's instinctive, it's egocentric. And the godly soul is uh, godly, it's divine, it only wants to serve Hashem. So the problem is not the godly soul, the godly soul is perfect, it doesn't need to be refined, it doesn't need to grow, it, it is perfect as it is, it's a part of, of God, it's a mamish, uh, a piece of Hashem, a spark of Hashem in you. But the animal soul has a different midot, has different character traits, in its nature and it's not anybody's fault that he's born in a certain way if a person is prone to anger or a person is prone to stinginess or a person is prone to laziness it's not his fault he's codified from from birth with these characteristics so the Alter Rebbe is saying here that Hashem gave us the Torah to learn it so we can refine these character traits so we can come out of that and uh, if we have a Torah, it's because we can accomplish uh, transforming ourselves into what Hashem really wants us to do. And He gives us all these characteristics for a reason. Uh, they all are double-edged swords because a person that is, for example, lazy in his life, this characteristic could also slow him down in running to do things that are not good, for example. So that characteristic will also prevent him from doing things that he shouldn't be doing because he's lazy. But at the same time, he has to refine this quality to be able to use it for the service of Hashem. So this mamar focuses on a puzzling story told in the Gemara, which is talking about Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion, and he was one of the ten martyrs that uh, were martyred by the Romans in the times of the destruction of the Second Temple. They were all Sadikim, they were all very righteous people. And, uh, but he went to another Tana, to another righteous rabbi called Rebbe Yossi ben Kisma, because he had a, a quandary inside of him. He didn't know if he deserved the world to come. He used to be a big learner. He used to learn all day. He didn't care to give his life 
uh, for learning Torah. In those days, the Romans forbid learning Torah. And if a person would be seen learning Torah, he would have been uh, killed because of this. And he wondered if his learning Torah was something that would take him to the world to come, or was it just because it was part of his nature that he loved to learn Torah, and there was no merit in that. So Rebbe Hanina, who spent his entire life learning and spreading Torah, voiced this uncertainty as to whether he would receive a portion in the world to come. And, um, and the, the question is how such a Sadi could even wonder if he has a place in the world to come. So this will lead us to the discussion on the, on the different natures that people possess, and um, and if the righteousness of a person is it based solely on his level of religiosity, like a person that is religion religious, is that makes him righteous, or is it also based on his inner struggles and innate natural tendency? So, what makes a person righteous? Does it is he righteous because he follows the Torah from A to C that makes him a righteous person? Or is it that he has certain tendencies and when he's able to overcome them, is that what makes him righteous? So it is the purpose of each Jew to direct his natural tendencies, whether good or bad, towards the right direction of holiness and purity. So as I said before, Hashem makes all of us with certain natural tendencies. Some people have some, some people have others. Uh, there's people who, who are envious by nature and there's people who will never feel envy ever, ever, ever. They could have nothing in their life and their best friend is the richest person and have the nicest house and the nicest clothes and he will never feel envy because it's not part of his nature. So he will never feel these, uh, these feelings. So this also connects to the final mamar of this week's parasha which discusses the episode of the blessings of Yitzhak, which were given by Yaakov, which was given to Yaakov, and Yitzhak had intended to bless Esav, like he had, as I said before, these two sons. One was evil, the other one was righteous by nature. And the, the blessing that he was going to give, he was intended to give to Esav, not to Yaakov. And um, <clears throat> so the question here is, was he so greatly fooled by Esau's character? And why would he pick the bad son to shower him with blessings and, I, and, and, and leave the good son empty-handed? Like, it's not fair. Like, if you see, if you have a bad son and a good son, why would you shower your bad son with blessings? And the other one, the one that is righteous, why wouldn't you give him blessings? So Isaac was well aware of Esau's evil nature. He was not dumb. He knew. He was not fooled, and it was precisely due to this that he desired to bless him because he believed that blessings give a very big spiritual power to the person that is being blessed, and he wanted to help Asaph in his battle of his evil inclination by giving him blessings so he could have an extra power that would give him the, the, the courage, the strength to be able to fight uh, his evil his evil character traits. So the story uh, comes to show us, going back to the Gemara, that the destruction of the second temple, the, Ro the Romans held a sovereign sovereignty over the Jewish people over Eretz Israel. They were the ones that ruled Israel. And they forbade every Jew to learn Torah. It was forbidden. 
And it's related in Tractat Avodat Sarah that it was even a capital punishment uh, regarding, regarding people who learned Torah. They would be martyred. So the Rebbe Hanina Ben Tradion, who was one of these uh, martyrs, the stand martyrs, when, when Rebbe Yossi Ben Kisma fell ill, he, he fell ill, Rebbe Hanina Ben Tradion went to visit him and he went to see him and he asked him, he went to see him and he asked him, why, I want to know if my learning Torah will bring me into the world to come. Eh, or, and he answered him, my brother Hanina, do you not know that this Roman nation has been crowned from heaven as they have destroyed his temple, burned his ahal, and murdered his righteous followers, and they are still well established? I heard a rumor about you, that you sit and learn Torah, and gather the masses to teach them holding a Sefer Torah uh, well, in your chest while you, while you do this. And he says to him, how can you do such a thing? You are forfeiting your life. So in the Torah, the most important thing is your life. Like you're allowed to break Shabbat to save your life or to save the life of someone else. Like you can literally get on a car and drive to the hospital on Shabbat to save a life. And this is one of the laws of Shabbat. Because life is so precious that we're not allowed to put our lives in danger. So here, Rabbi Yosef uh, Kisma is telling to Rabbi Hanina, like, what a fool are you? Why do you sit and learn Torah with a Torah? You're holding a Torah against your chest and you're putting other people's lives in danger at a time like this. You should not be doing this. So Rabbi Hanina answered him, heaven will have mercy on me. And Rebbe Yossi replied, I'm telling you words of reason, and you are telling me that heaven will have mercy? And so I would be surprised if they did not burn you with, the, with your Sefer Torah in the fire. And this is what happened to him at the end. He was burned with, he was wrapped in a, in a Sefer Torah, and he was burned to death. So my teacher tell me, will I receive a portion in the world to come? He's still worried if he's gonna receive a portion in the world to come. And Rabbi Yossi replied, do you have any meritorious action, actions? Have you done anything good in your life apart from learning Torah? And Rabbi Hanina replied, yes, once I accidentally distributed the funds for my Purim meal. You know, in Purim, we're supposed to give money to the poor so they can eat. It's, 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 it's a tzedakah we have to give. So he, he accidentally distributed his funds that he was supposed to give uh, towards charity uh, 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 that they had given him to eat, and he gave them to charity. And I did not reimburse myself from my charity fund. Like he didn't, uh, he didn't later on take this money and gave it back to himself. So Rebbe Yossi replied, if so, then let your portion be my portion in the world to come. Like this was very meritorious. And this is puzzling. Why, why would he say this? Like if he's a good, righteous man, obviously he's doing a good, righteous thing. So such a mitzvah, the, the Rabbi Yossi is telling him, share it with me. So let's see what it says here. So Rabbi Yossi passed away and all the dignitaries of Rome came to his, to his funeral, to his Leviah. He was a very prestigious rabbi. And on their return to Rome, they saw Rabbi Hanina teaching Torah to a group of people 
uh, with his Sefer Torah, he was hugging his Sefer Torah, and they brought bundles of vines and set him on fire. As the Rebbe Yossi had said, it would be. So the question is, the above Talmudic account is puzzling in various levels. Rabbi Hanina was one of the greatest leaders of the Torah in his time, like he was next to Rabbi Akiva, these were like giants, and he spent his every moment of his life learning Torah, this is he breathed to learn Torah, there was nothing else he would do in his life. How could he even question if he would receive a portion in the world to come? So Rabbi Yossi, who was a similar great sage as he was, eh, he asked him specifically if he had any meritorious deeds. And the question is, why did he ask him this? What was, his, what was Rabbi Yossi trying to prove from this? And uh, so he wanted to know if he was going to be saved simply from one act of charity. So there's a concept in Hasidut which is called that. That means knowledge. So we have three intellectual uh, uh, capacities that were given to us, which one is Hokma Bina Dat. Hokma is wisdom, Bina is understanding, and that is knowledge. So the wisdom we have trickles down to Bina so we can understand it. And once we're doing it for a long time, for a few, for a few days or for a few weeks or months or years, this knowledge, this wisdom, this wisdom which becomes understanding at the end becomes knowledge, it becomes you. So a person's emotions and character traits are, are born from the level of Bina, of understanding. Like when you see people and you, you say, why is this person acting this way? What's going on with this person? Why does he think this way? Why does he do these things? It's because of his understanding of the world, of his wisdom. It's the way he understands things. So the way in which you understand things is the way you're gonna be uh, relating to the world. So once love, fear, and other characteristic uh, idiosyncrasies derive from one's innate understanding and contemplation of matters that bring one towards a particular trait or emotion. So the way you understand the world, this is how you're gonna absorb it. This is how you're gonna feel it. And it's funny because you can see, for example, children growing in the same home, eating the same food, having, going to the same school, having the same beds in the same bedroom, the same toys, the same food, everything, they go on the same place to on vacation. And each one relates to the world in a very different way. And the experience of growing up in this home for each one can be very different because their understanding is different. And this is something in, in, very interesting and important to understand from, from people, from humans. And this will help us to understand and not get upset at other people. Because if you understand why people are the way they are, then you are going to be more, much more tolerant towards other people. So the purpose of the level of das, of knowledge, eh, <clears throat> is that what effect does das has once emotions of love and fear in one's personality. Das is the internal anatomy of one's character and emotion. So first it's understanding, but then it becomes you. And once you're in the understanding level, it's easier to change the character trait of a person than when it becomes them, when it becomes their knowledge. 
So it is the inner motivation and the hidden drive behind a particular emotion or character trait that makes a person be the way he is. So, so it says here that while it is possible to have a natural emotion or character trait without that, like we can feel, uh, understand without having the knowledge, this emotion of, or character trait would be without proper direction. Like you need the knowledge to be able to redirect the emotion. If you don't have the knowledge, then you cannot uh, direct it. And um, so it says here, one who is, for example, hot-blooded, so a person that is, gets angry very easily by nature, is able to arouse a great feeling of love. This is a person that's gonna be very passionate. So when he transforms this feeling to the service of Hashem, for example, when he's gonna pray, he's gonna do with a lot of devotion. It's gonna be easier for him to do this than a person that is not so passionate. So, so, so this uh, natural emotion and character is not given inner direction through the level of das. It can also be used to feel fit matters that are sinful and negative. So these character traits that we have can either be used for the good or it can be used for the bad. It's up to us, that's their choice, that's the free will. So a person that is hot-blooded can use this feeling for the service of Hashem instead of getting angry at people every time something happens that he's not a, he doesn't feel it should be that way. So it is the job of, of knowledge of das to separate good and evil. That's what knowledge does. It makes you know this is right and this is wrong. You have your understanding, but then when you trickle it down to knowledge, that's when you know this is the right way to do it or this is not the right way to do it. And, um, and it directs in terms of when and for what it will be used. So it separates good from evil, and it also discerns between what's the appropriate way of using this character trait. So Rebbe Hanina certainly recognized his own immense dedication to Torah learning, even in the fact of death. He understood that he loved learning Torah. It was not something that was hard for him to do. It was really his character trait. He was born with that. And it's known as Marashe Hora, which means, which means the black gallbladder. So the reason and cause of his assiduous learning that he couldn't stop learning all day, he didn't care if his life was gonna be uh, put in danger or he was gonna even be killed because he was learning Torah. It was because it was bigger than him. It was a character trait. It was his innate nature to learn Torah. He could not live without learning. So one who possesses a high level of this black gallbladder, Mara Shehora, is obviously gonna be an assiduous learner. And you see people that can sit and learn for hours and days and not be even bothered. He's, they don't get hungry, they don't get tired. They just want to learn and learn and learn. It's because they have this characteristic inside of them. And then you see other people that have to struggle to sit down and learn one little uh, she or one little uh, Torah, it's for them it's very hard to concentrate and sit and learn and it's really an effort. It's because they have something that is called the um, Mara Levana, which is the white gallbladder. So 
This is the way in which people are made. It's not something that you choose. So the question here is that Rabbi Hanina, his question was, if I learn Torah, I do it for the sake of heaven. That's my whole intention. I do it for Hashem. But for me, it's not an effort. I do it because I love it. It's, it's, so I want to know if I'm really deserving of the world to come because really there's no effort. I, I'm willing to give my life for it. So if I even die as a martyr, am I going to have the world to come? Because it's no effort at all. So the, the rabbi Yossi, this is why he asked him what other merit he had in his life. So one of the things of a person that has marash that has this inclination of learning and, uh, and, um, and being very uh, intellectually uh, focused, one of these, um, of these uh, character traits, these character traits, another of its nature, a cause that comes out from this character trait is that a person becomes stingy with his money because a person that has Mara Shehora is a person that is usually introverted and it's a person that is self-focused. It, he's only thinking about his pleasure. So this person, his nature, which would look at, as an incredible nature for a person to love learning, has a very bad side to it too. It's, it's not so white. It, it has, that's why it comes from the black bladder, because it has a part of it that could turn a person into a very uh, self-centered human being, egocentric and stingy. It could also develop these other traits. And this is why Rabbi Yossi asked him what other character, what other merit do you do? What other thing have you done in your life that could give you the merit of going into the world to come? And when he told him the story that he spent his own money that was given to him for the meals of Purim into giving to the poor also and he didn't leave it for himself and at the end he didn't uh, take it from somewhere else and give it back to himself that proved that he had merit that he had a place in the world to come and uh, and the, so serving Hashem really is not in what is comfortable for us when a person does things there are good things, but he loves doing it. It's, it's easy for him. It's pleasurable for him. In reality, he's not serving God. He's serving himself. It's pleasurable. You know, I do that mitzvah. I love doing that mitzvah. It's a pleasure to do that mitzvah. It really gives you so much pleasure. It's really, it's hard to do it for God. You're doing it for yourself. So when we do things that really go against our nature, that we really have to make an effort to do something that really is not comfortable for us, that it's completely the other way that we are codified, that's when we're really serving Hashem, that's when we're really serving, when we're doing things that are not comfortable for ourselves. So here we see that the above idea that Hashem judges a person by his effort and not solely by his actions it, that come as a result of his natural born tendencies. Like Hashem doesn't judge people like we think he judges people. We, we see that Hashem demands avodah, work. He demands us to work from each and every personal quality. We have to work on ourselves. And in order for one to refine even his positive, positive natural tendencies to be purely good, 
one needs to use it, this attribute of knowledge. And Hashem judges and gives reward and punishment based on one's level of challenge. So from the above, one can learn a very great lesson regarding how Hashem judges others. It is our tendency to judge another person based on his external actions. Like when we judge people, we look at what they're doing. We don't think about what's going inside of them, how hard it is for them to do what they're doing. Hashem, on the other hand, doesn't judge a person by what he does. He judges a person by what's the internal battle going inside of him. And, uh, you know, when a person wants to, there's talking Lashonara in a place and everybody's talking and a person is, is always tempted to say something also because he wants to be heard, he wants to be seen, but suddenly he contains himself. It's so hard for him. He really makes a big effort and bites his tongue and keeps his mouth shut and goes away from this group of people. That's, that's what is serving God. It's the, the, the struggle. But if a person for him is no issue, he never talks about anybody. And if he hears people talking about other people, he just doesn't listen to them. He just bypasses whatever. He has a, a way to doing it. And he just doesn't even pay attention to them. He's not doing anything, really. It's his nature. So Yitzhak blessed, uh, wanted to give the blessing to Esav because he knew that Esav had a huge potential. All that evil in him, if it was going to be transformed for the good, was humongous. It was bigger than Yaakov's potential. Yaakov was Yaakov. He had nowhere to grow. He was perfect. He was a complete Sadiq. So Isaac felt that to give a blessing to Yaakov was really not necessary. He didn't need that blessing. But he felt that Asaph could benefit from that blessing. He felt like if I give him this blessing, he will be able to transform his evil ways into goodness. And he, that struggle that he was gonna go through was gonna give him merit in this world and in the world to come. So uh, the problem was, and this is what Rivka understood, is that Asaph was uh, a lost case. He would never would have transformed himself through Isaac's blessings. On the contrary, he would have gotten this power and he would have used it for more material pleasure, for more evilness in the world. He wouldn't have transformed himself because he didn't want to. His agenda was not to be good. He didn't want to be a good person. Like you see, there's people who have bad tendencies like all of us, but their intention in life is that I wanna be a better person. I'm trying to be better, I'm trying. I go to these meditations, I go to these help groups, I read books, I try to really learn how to be a better person. So you see a person when they want to be better, yeah, this blessing would have been amazing for them, but Asaph didn't wanna be better. He just wanted to be the horrible person he was. He didn't, it didn't come to him that he wanted to be good. So Rivka understood this, and this is why she made this whole scheme of dressing up Yaakov as Esav and confusing the father to give the blessing to Isaac and not to Esav. And so Esav would have received the blessing and he would have not used it for the good. Yaakov, on the other hand, needed these added blessings in order to give the extra soul powers to, to be able to help Asaph refine himself. So it was through Isaac that Asaph had the, the, let's say, the key to be able to refine himself. So that's why at the end, he's the one that received this blessing. So I leave you here. 
I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.